it doesn't really matter what route you take in life. We're always going to be presented with challenges. And to create unstoppable success, you also have to get comfortable with living life and running your business when you're very much at your edge. To the Kelly Limber podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand, and style expert who is on a personal mission to inspire a minimum of five people daily to take action. And that means just doing something different or just showing up as the best person that really you aspire to be. And I'd love to hear from you. If you're one of my five a day, then drop me a review here on Apple iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to, or just come over and say hi on Instagram because I love meeting those that listen to the podcast. So in today's episode, I catch up with Nick, a fellow Brit who's based in LA and her day was just ending and mine was just starting in Dubai as we recorded this conversation with the vast time difference. And I'm sure after you listen to this episode, you are going to feel so inspired like I was after I'd had my call with her. We spoke about strategies to overcoming sales, which I know so many of you may be listening, hate doing, you hate selling yourself. And really just talking about how time and in you time allows you to be even more productive in business. So enjoy and don't forget to leave a review on what was your biggest takeaway in this episode. Welcome to the show, Nick. It's great to have you. So good to be here. So we haven't, I say we've known each other. I've known of you for maybe, I don't know, four or five years We've both got a mutual friend called Spencer, who's also in our world of sort of personal development and coaching. And he was just like, you have to meet my friend, Nick. Now, that's a little bit hard because you're actually in Los Angeles. I'm in Dubai. So our paths actually haven't crossed. Have you been to Dubai? I feel like you have. I've been many times and I wish I'd been able to come and see you. Like Spencer and I did a live event there one year as well. So hopefully we'll finally get to meet in person as well at some point. When we can travel. Um, so slightly envious of the 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 LA life. We were just chatting pre uh, pre pre uh, webinar, I think pre podcast. <laughs> about, um, I spent a bit of time, what five or six years ago, back in Los Angeles, and it was always a bit of a a dream to go. I want to make the move to go and to live there, and you actually did it. Maybe give us a bit of a backstory, and you know, tell us a little about what you're doing, how you ended up there, and and who you're actually helping just now. It's crazy because I literally just got a new home in Beverly Hills recently. And one of the things that came up for me when I was like trying to get the home and like putting all of the applications in and stuff was, I'm just this girl from Newcastle that's going to say no. And it was such an interesting mindset that came up because I was like, I've always wanted to live here, like even down to, like this is really weird, Kelly, but (laughs) every time I got a new planner or a diary, I would write in the planet that my address is Beverly Hills 90210. So it's been like a manifestation for like so long and also a product of hard work because I originally, I wasn't one of those like kids that grew up going to Disneyland or going to visit America. I'd literally never been to America until my 25th birthday. And my boyfriend that I was with at the time took me on like this vacation of a lifetime we went to Vegas for 10 days, then came here to Los Angeles to do research for a juice bar that we were opening. And I just fell in love with the place. So 
a few years later, when I decided I was going to write my book, Now Is Your Chance, I really wanted to come to LA and I wanted to write it in the sun. But it felt like this big disconnect, this big jump to go from Newcastle to LA. So I went to Australia for three months instead, and I never went home. So I literally went on this journey to write the book. And then once I'd been in Australia for, I think, like three to six months, I kind of got a little bit more confidence in this whole traveling thing. And I thought, right, okay, I can do this. And me and my friend Natalie um, decided we were going to move here together. So her and I moved to LA in 20, I want to say the start of 2016 for three months together on like an Esther. And we both decided like we wanted to be here longer term. She ended up going to New York and coming back. I ended up staying here and like applying for my visa and got given a extraordinary ability visa by the American government to be able to be here in the field of motivational speaking and positive psychology. So I've been here in total for five years now. And I just love it. Like blue skies, sunshine, positive people. It's not for everyone. A lot of people hate LA. Yeah. But I absolutely love it. It's so funny you say that because I love it as well. But so many people that I spoke to would be like, oh, never want to go back there or it's this or it's that. But I loved everything about it. <laughs> I remember the first time that I went into a Whole Foods, like in a supermarket here, was on that vacation with my boyfriend when I was 25 and 33 now. So we go into Whole Foods and the guy at the checkout was like, I hope you have a brilliant day. Have an amazing day. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. He's like, I wish he would shut up. He's <laughs> just like, this is ridiculous. Oh, it makes me, it makes me smile that you know, Australia is really far away. Like I would have always thought Australia was further than, um, you know, the States, but that felt more comfortable to do that before. I think it was more of a, um, like I had a friend in Australia and it felt like Australia was like this super chill place where you could go and relax and it was easy. And it felt like LA was like this fast paced, like high flying place where it was going to be hard, especially with the whole visa thing with America. I feel like we're taught when you grow up in England, it's hard to get into America. It's hard to get a visa or it's hard to get a green card. So I had that in the back of my mind. So it felt like it was going to be difficult. And because of that, I like didn't try to start off with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. People have said the same. Oh, I love it. So give us a bit of a backstory as to what you're doing now in Los Angeles. There's no juice bar, I don't think. There's no juice bar. I mean, I go to plenty of them, but I don't own one. So I operate my business and I set it up as a location independent business so I can really run it from anywhere, provided I've got my phone on my laptop. And we have a company that helps students to set up and scale businesses online. So we've got more than 4,500 students active at the minute. Mm -hmm. And we have a number of different masterminds, a number of different coaching courses. We have, well, in the past, we've done live events. And we're really teaching primarily women entrepreneurs. We're teaching the strategies, the tactics, and the tools so that you can create unstoppable success 
both within yourself and also within your business. Mm. So I've helped women coaches make more than $21 million in the last five years, which is amazing. Like I get to work with the best women. Like I love what I do, Kelly. I love it. And really like digging into not just the setting up a business side of things, but also the personal growth and the personal development and the positive psychology and how we can live fuller, more fulfilling lives as well as making fantastic money too. Yeah, because people get a bit put off that, don't they? They're like, oh, but I want to help people. I would say women in particular. It's like money often tends to be the second part. Or they feel bad maybe for saying, I want to make money. Whereas there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and you can actually have a bigger impact when you make more money. I used to be the same. Like I used to, for the first a long time, five years, for a long time not to make money. I didn't make money for five years. And I was like, I'm just doing what I love. I was coaching. I was speaking. I was a personal trainer. I had a supplements company, but I was just like scraping by. I was worried all of the time how I would pay the bills. And I had like, I had an impact. I had an impact in Newcastle and people would say like, thank you so much. And you're doing great stuff. But my impact was very limited because I didn't have the resources to tell more people about what I was doing or go global or invest in getting the message out to more people. And now as I've made more money, that message has got bigger and stronger than ever before. And we're able to have features in places like Forbes and we've got a great partnership with Goop where we get featured in that magazine. And it's just really amazing to see so many people now saying yes to themselves Mm. and starting to understand actually you don't have to feel guilty about making money and you can use it for something that's really purposeful and really positive and creating change for yourself and your family in the world and I just think it's the best thing to be able to do. Absolutely so what you know someone's kind of new and coming to you what's what's one of the most kind of common I don't know um things or feelings that that women feel when they first start working to you towards the and then towards the end how different it changes like yeah there's a couple of things that come through quite frequently so one of them is showing up and I'm posting on social media and I'm not making sales Mm. and I, I always say like if I could just teach one thing when it comes to marketing it's to sell the result and not the process I see a lot of people showing up online and telling people like how they're going to do things and talking about like, I'm going to give you more confidence and I'm going to help you believe in yourself. But actually you want to be asking like, why is it that that person wants confidence or why is it they want to believe in themselves? And you're actually speaking to that result. And that's what's going to help you sign more clients or help your clients understand how you can help them. That's one of the major things. The other major thing is that a lot of people are stuck trading time for money. Mm. So even if they've set up online, even if they've got a coaching business, even if they're doing what they love and they're helping people, they're like, oh my God, Nick, like I've got all of these coaching clients and I just can't see the way through. I don't understand how I can make more money because I don't have any time left. So that's really common as well. So we look at like a whole business model restructure in that kind of situation where perhaps there's more value that you can be given and receiving, or perhaps it's shifting from selling one-on-one to selling one-to-many and creating groups instead. So I'd say they're the two primary things that I hear a lot of the time. 
And you touched a little bit on the sort of positive psychology. We're seeing that that's one part of it. And you've got something exciting coming up. Maybe fill us in a little bit more about the effects of that and how that's watching your clients and why that's an important part of your coaching. Maybe. So positive psychology for me is it's fundamental to everything that we do. It's the science of happiness. And it's it's really, for me, it's the science of success. It's so much more than just happiness. It's how we can show up and be our best for ourselves and for other people. It's looking at what it is that goes right with the world rather than what it is that goes wrong. And I've been working in this field for more than a decade. And when I started, I was weird. Like everyone was like, why are you doing that? It's so strange. And now it's like really mainstream for people to talk about happiness or positive psychology. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, I feel very blessed, shall I say, to be in this space and very blessed to be equipping people with the tools that they can use within the day to feel better more of the time and to be able to go faster when it comes to creating success. So the science looks at giving a, I mean, it's a, it is a science. We, we run experiments and we like test whether certain positive psychology interventions work or don't work or what's the best version of them. And we take some of the softer concepts like optimism or gratitude or meditation and we prove how it works and why it works. And I think that gives people a lot of trust and a lot of confidence because it's not just the subjective experience of this feels good, but it's like it feels good and it's also proven to to work as well. So we really what I'm wanting to create and what we've created with the positive psychology coach certification we've got coming up, it's marrying together these two sides of being a masterful coach and having proven tools that you can share to help your clients get better results, to help them feel better, to help them create success faster, to help them have better relationships with their family. Like what can be better than that? Mm. And then also teaching as well, like how you can grow that into a business. So I feel like the time has come within the world where we need these tools in the hands of more people who are doing amazing work. And I know how much amazing work coaches around the world are doing. And I know we need more. It's giving me chills. <laughs> it's like, I know that coaching is really rapidly growing and we get to have more amazing people doing amazing work in our world. Yeah. It's that ripple effect that kind of goes out that, you know, again, go, moving from one to one to one to many so that you can help more people so that there's a positive lasting impact I guess yes to that uh you you know and you, you talked about that sort of you started that 10 years ago and and, and you know we've, we've spoken a little bit about it and you've invested a lot I think in your journey on personal development in yourself you know growing courses is there any that have really stood out that have been like oh my god this is a game changer or this was something that you know was really worth it or it's all been it or what would be your take on that to give some context, I've invested more than half a million dollars on my own personal growth and development, whether that's been through my master's degree or with coaches or events and masterminds. And one of the people who's been really, really pivotal and fundamental to my success has been my coach, Brendan Bouchard. So I've worked with him for five years now and worked with him super closely in like a really small group as well as within his big, huge mastermind. 
And one of the things I love about him, Kelly, is like, I always believe when you're learning with a coach or a mentor, don't just learn from what they teach you. Also look at the way that they do things. Mm. So I'm always like observing. I'm like, right, how does Brendan show up with his friends? How does Brendan run his events? as well as listening to all the valuable things that he teaches. And one of the things that I really love is how he shows up for his family and his friends. And I've learned a lot about how I want to act in relationship based on what he, not necessarily what he said, but just the way that he's been. So I love the way he talks about his wife, Denise. I love the way he celebrates his friend, Mel. And I've just learned so much and it it brings me like so much joy to see that. And I always share, I'm like, thank you so much for being such an amazing role model for relationships, because ultimately that's what makes the world go round. So yes, I've got a lot of financial riches, but I don't just believe having a rich life is about being rich in business. I believe it's being rich in relationships as well. Mm -hmm. That's definitely something I've took away from Brendan. Yeah. So masterminds, is that something that you think has been, you you do them as well? You've been part of them. Is that an integral part, do you think, of your business success and growth? Yeah, we've got two really successful masterminds that we run and I've been a part of multiple masterminds. Mm -hmm. And I love it because like one of the things I really believe is that connection is something that is so important. And it's also something that can be very hard to find when you're an entrepreneur. You can be in the digital space and you can be moving in circles and having conversations, but there's nothing quite like actually having like a deep connection and a bond with someone that you can develop a long lasting friendship over time. And when I look at some of my closest friends, like one that springs to mind is my friend, Ra Goddess. We met at a mastermind and now we actually see each other in person like every week or like on the phone every week. And we're doing like business things together. I'm learning from her. She's learning from me. And that came from crossed paths at a mastermind. Mm -hmm. It could also be JVs that have come out of those experiences or just having fun going to amazing places. I've traveled to like Cabo, to New York, to random islands, Necker Island with Sir Richard Branson and done all of the things, which has just been super cool. Do you think being in the States has allowed you more opportunities to kind of grow the business and have different connections, you know? Yeah. I Yes, I do. It's... LA is a fantastic place for conscious community. We have a lot of amazing friends doing amazing work in the world here. I just firmly believe there's nowhere quite like it because it's the entertainment capital of the world and there's so much that's going on. It's like the coaching community and the conscious community, spiritual focus community have kind of gravitated here. And I also noticed that there's other amazing communities and opportunities all around the world as well. I feel like there's a really strong coaching community in England now that I'm perhaps like not a part of because Mm -hmm. I'm not in England anymore. So it's got pros and cons. It's like I'm very much immersed in this world and there's just so many people kicking ass in England that it's just amazing to see how much things are thriving over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there something in the the sort of coaching world, um, a myth that you'd like to dispel or something that you're like, oh, I'm tired of people saying that or 
I wish this would change or maybe it has already. Is there anything that you... I think one of the the expectations that people have is I'm going to go and set up a coaching business and it's all going to be easy and it can be simple, but it's not necessarily going to be easy. And I think there's a danger of comparing yourself to people's highlights on Instagram or on social media and being like, oh, it's all right for them because they've got it all. So I'm going to do what they do and it's going to be easy and I'm going to make a load of money as well. And I think what's important to remember in that is that it doesn't really matter what route you take in life. We're always going to be presented with challenges and to create unstoppable success you also have to get comfortable with living life and running your business when you're very much at your edge. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that one of the conversations we have in our with our students in our mastermind community, they're like, it feels like I'm accelerating so fast and it feels really hard and there's so much to learn and it feels really tough. And I've got this mindset thing and I'm like, great, get used to it. Like you're growing. There's going to be whether I feel like it gets it's different at each phase of growth, like the challenges you have when you learn how to make sales feel different to the challenges that you have when you run a multi-million dollar company. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily easier because as you grow, yes, you might figure out how to make sales and you figured out your brand messaging and you're more confident. But now all of a sudden, you've really got to raise your capacity to hold and serve, whether that's a team or whether it's navigating like different launches or different challenging legal conversations, whatever it looks like, there's always going to be curveballs. So one of the myths I would just love to dispel is that it's going to be easy. You've just got to get used to like rolling with the punches and becoming more resilient as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. How how have you stood out in the the competitive space, you know, in terms of like your business, your personal brand? I, you know, really passionate about, you know, people showing their true authentic self because that's the only way that's going to differentiate you from someone else and how people fall in love with you and how they want to buy from you. So how have you done that with your personal brand and business? Well, I can't get rid of this stupid accent. So that's definitely one thing. (laughs) And that is uniquely you. Yes. Well, seriously, like I think when I started this, this particular like version of the business, one of the things that our like community loved to see was me traveling the world. So it was like I took all of our community on the journey with me because I was documenting all the way through. And I think at the time to go from Newcastle to Australia to travel in the world, speaking on stages. And being able to show that digitally, that was like a real adventure for our community to be able to do that alongside me. So that was one thing. I know I had a photo shoot when I first started out where I had this like really iconic pink dress. And no matter where I went, whether it was on stage or in a photo shoot, I would always have a pink dress. And now I've got a a full closet full of my stage dresses and full of my photo shoot dresses. And they're all pink. Yeah, they're literally all pink. <laughs> so I've, I've kept them. Um, so that was the thing. It's like finding out like or deciding what's like one thing that you can use to like represent you 
also getting clear on brand messaging. So particular language that you're going to use and repeating that more than you feel comfortable doing. Because what you need to remember, I always say, like, imagine that the people that are watching you are busy and they're stupid. Like, imagine that they need more educating about the thing that you're talking about. Like, imagine that they need more repetition. Imagine that they've got like a baby in one arm. They're like trying to clean the house with the other hand. They've got the YouTube on and they're learning at the same time. And they're trying to scroll through their phone. And then you're popping up with your video and you, you're like, this is the most important message in the world to share. But that person's busy and they're not necessarily receiving the full message that you're saying. So you've got to repeat it again and again. Mm-hmm. So I used to repeat and tell people, I'm Nick Pigeon, positive psychologist and business coach. And I, for me, it felt like everybody in the world knew that I was a positive psychologist, but really people don't. You have to really like tell people again and again. So I think clarity on message, not being scared to just show up and repeat yourself mm-hmm. so that people really understand and they really hear what it is that you're saying. Yeah, I often say to, to those that I work with, or even when I'm doing sort of a masterclass, it's like reintroduce yourself. You think that your audience actually know what you do, but you evolve and maybe what you offer is slightly different. Keep reintroducing yourself. And, and that way, I think it's spot on what you said, more times than you feel comfortable with because people are like, oh no, I've, I told people once that I've launched my business. That's not enough, you know, or no, I've got a new product or I've done this. It is not enough when you say them. People are just busy and they're scrolling and you get one second and, and that's it. Totally. And it, I think as well, like digging into different stories and different angles, mm-hmm. like you could, you could share the same message like three different ways or with three different stories to help illustrate the point and to help it land for different people. Cause not everyone's going to learn in the same way and not everyone's going to receive the information in the same way. Mm-hmm. So if you can do it on video or you can share a story that's relatable, it's going to sink in for different people way more. Yeah. Do you think having a book or writing a book helped you, you know, build your awareness or your brand? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I I actually feel like a, a writer and a speaker at heart. Like whenever I talk about like, what do you see in your future? I'm like, I'm going to have so many books. And that's really what where I feel like my purpose pours out from and pours into. It's like these ideas and these concepts and these like the thing that like you feel like you can't not say it or you can't not write it. That's what the books are for me. It's like it came, people were such a cliche. The book came through me, <laughs> but that is what it's like. And I think um, working with Hay House as well has been such an amazing adventure because they are the world's biggest mind, body and spirit publisher. Mm-hmm. So it felt and is very prestigious to be able to work alongside them, like as a family, like it's really great. It made so many amazing friends and having this tool that people understand and they like they, they can get the grips with knowing what a book is and getting the message through the book because of that. Mm-hmm. Not everyone knows what an online course is. Not everyone knows what a webinar or a masterclass or a challenge is, but everyone knows what a book is. Everyone's got a book in the house. Mm-hmm. So if you can write something in a format that people are really, really familiar with, it's going to be easier for you to get that message through. 
how did the relationship come with Hay House? Because then, you know, much like you said, or you know, earlier about the people had told you that, you know, coming to America or moving to America was hard. A lot of people think, oh, but writing a book is hard. I've got to write a hundred thousand words or I can't get a publisher or, you know, people before they even start think it's hard. So what would you kind of say about that? How did the process come about for you? Biggest mistake I see people making is that they go and write the full book. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What a lot of publishers actually want is a book proposal. So I wrote a book proposal for Hay House and I actually entered a competition that I won. And I knew I wanted to win it and I knew I was going to win it because I'd literally been living in the daydream of winning it for so long Mm. that I entered it in England. And then when I moved to Australia, I entered it in Australia as well because I was like, I want this so much. And then I actually, before the Australian one got announced, I won the English competition. So I actually got my deal through the Hay House Writers Workshop. And it's just been such an amazing journey, an amazing adventure. It's very much like when I took the my community on the journey around the world with me, I took them on the journey of the book. Mm. And if you're writing a book, it's like, how can you actually document that journey along the way? Because you evolve so much and you want your readers to feel like they're part of the story with you. So I would ask and I would share like chapters or I would ask questions about, do you think this cover or this cover or what about this idea? And people love getting involved and it means that they're more, more like willing to to buy the book when it comes out as well, because they feel like it's part and piece of them. So I think it's been a, a amazing adventure and I've been very blessed to have such a good relationship with Hay House that we've actually been able to get a couple of friends and clients published with them too. So that feels even more exciting to help other people get their messages out as well. So the question is, do you have another one in the pipeline? I do. So I've got a, another book that's coming up called force of nature. And this is, it's still positive psychology. And the reason that this book actually came about. So when I say like, having topics and subjects that I can't not write about. Three of my close friends have actually taken their own lives. And my last friend that took her own life, Sophie, I couldn't make sense of it. And I was really upset. I remember I was literally sat on my sofa crying and I was like, this doesn't make sense that she took my courses. She was such a huge supporter and she came to all of my like talks and learned about positive psychology and was doing the work for herself. So I really felt personally like I'd failed because I couldn't help her. And I felt like, what is the point of me showing up and teaching all of this positive psychology conceptually when I can't even help one of my best friends? Mm. So it was really frustrating for me to be in that place. And obviously I came back around to, it doesn't matter who you help, it just matters that you're helping. And sometimes you can't help those people that you want to help them, but it's, it's not your like job to do that. And what it really motivated me to explore is why some people go through challenge and adversity and decide to quit and other people go on to perform better than ever before. Mm. So I want to know, like, is it because you make a powerful decision in a moment? Is it because of your environment? Is it because of like mental health that you're experiencing? Is it spiritual? Is it your soul's path? 
So I'm going down this rabbit hole to really uncover what it is like is it hope is it resilience and look at the positive psychology concepts and hopefully add something to the science as well to further this idea of post-traumatic growth and really look at post-traumatic performance and what it means to not just survive or thrive but to go on to perform better than ever before Mm -hmm. so I'm very very curious about that and I'm going to be doing some interviews I've already started writing and it feels very purposeful I feel like if we can figure that out, then perhaps we can make some steps towards saving some more lives and increasing awareness around how we can do that. And there's a personal purpose in it for you as well with the stories and the connections and the the why. And I guess in anything that we do, people often, you know, they don't always think about what is the real reason of why I want to do this and, and how that affects We'll have a we'll we'll reach out to other people basically. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So when can we expect that? Twenty twenty two. So it's a way off at the minute, and we'll this be is- here before we know it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like when you write a book like if you self-publish it's way quicker so for people who are just getting started that might be a better option if you don't want to wait a couple of years for a book to go to market through a publisher so when I started now is your chance I think it was three years I think I started two and a half years I started it in 2015 and it came out in October of 2017 Mm. And it's not because I'm a slow writer. <laughs> it's just, it only took me okay. a month to write the actual book. Yeah. But it's just the to and froing and like the, the different pieces and processes and the shipping times and all of that. It takes um, a lot longer when it's going through a publishing house. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. I have one okay. last question. And this was in a conversation that we'd had over WhatsApp. No, over Instagram, actually when we were booking in the time and I just wanted to touch on it at the end because I thought it seemed like a really great concept of you have a creative week so how this came about was you said I booked you in at the end of the month because that's my kind of creative week where I do sort of creative things like podcasts and and content creation and stuff how did that come about because I think it seems so obvious but yet I don't know anyone that's done that so tell us a little bit more about that So it came about from the desire to be able to pour more into my creative projects. Mm -hmm. So things like writing my book, Mm -hmm. things like filming content, things like developing the positive psychology certification, even things like doing work with plant medicine, which like helps me fuel my creativity even more. So I was noticing a level of frustration for not moving forwards with the projects as quickly as I would have liked to. And being super candid, I felt like I was building everybody else's businesses and helping everybody else realize their dreams. And I'd found myself almost coasting or in a holding pattern because I was in this like go, 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 go rhythm. And there was never any like room for allowing and receiving and inspired thought and action. So for me, I work really, really well with structure. So when I know like I'm doing this thing on these days at this time, it's fantastic. So I'll always show up for that. So creating space at the end of the month and having the last week of the month where I can have solid days of writing or I can go somewhere to a hotel and I can dig into like curriculum or whatever it is 
just feels a lot better because I'm fully in that mode and it just allows a lot more to come through. And it means that when I go back to the normal rhythm of the business, I also show up way more powerfully there as well. Mm. So it's a win-win really. And I think there's a lot of, I know the more time I have to do something, the longer it takes me. Mm. And the, the uh, you know, if you're you know if you're trying to do your work and you plan it, and like you say, you know what you're doing on this day and this day, within the space of three weeks, you can accomplish what you would have in four weeks because you've got that time and you know what it is you're doing. So I can, I it just seems so obvious. Now you talk about it, yeah, it's mm. not, it hasn't been before. I also did a lot of work around, it sounds so basic, but like really figuring out who I am and how I'm supposed to work based on my personality types, based on, I don't know if you've done your human design, but I'm a projector in human design, which means I literally have to lay down to re-energize and I re-energize on my own. I'm also massively introverted. So I'm an INFJ on Myers-Briggs, which a lot of no one would really know because I'm so like, doing talks and on video and stuff, but I'm really, really introverted. So I need a lot of alone time to recharge. Mm. I also work better when I don't push. So my like human design type, I'm supposed to be invited to things. So you invite me on your podcast and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so exciting for me. It's a full yes, let's do it. But if I'm going out and searching for podcasts, that doesn't feel good for my energy type. So it's learning about like the nuances in who you are that has allowed me to show up differently in my life and business, which has allowed me to feel more energized and get better results because of that. Love it. So let's wrap up. Tell people how they can find you. Um, maybe, you know, the course that you've got coming up, um, how they can follow you. And we do get back to traveling. Can follow your your um, your travels around the world and life in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, over to you. Easiest place and the my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. Yeah. So I'm Nick Page on Instagram. I just love voice notes and chatting with everyone and DMs. And then the website as well. So my website, nickpigeon.com. You can see all of our stuff on there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. It's been so good to speak to you and, and share, you know, your experiences, your clients. And yeah, I've loved it. I feel totally set up for the day. You are now off to bed. <laughs> Not quite <laughs> soon. Um, the world of connections. But uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and listening to the episode today. Were you inspired? What was one takeaway that really resonated with you? Head over to Instagram. I love to hang out there. Kelly Lundberg official and drop me a DM. Tell me the best part or even better, screen share it, share it with a friend and inspire them too. We are growing weekly and it's all down to you. Thank you so much. Reviewer of the week left this message. Easy and inspirational listening, Kelly has an infectious style which brightens your day from Lux Scott. Thank you so much. Please keep leaving those ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or following on Spotify. It really does make a massive difference. And remember, be inspired and keep following those dreams.